Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Whether you're catching the show live or uh, in archive, uh, again, welcome everyone to my show. Uh, we've got a 45-minute show ahead. Uh, just to let you know, I won't be taking live calls. This is going to be a, uh, a live column read show. Uh, from my November column, and then I'm going to talk about that in a little bit more detail uh, during the remainder of the show. Uh, if it's your first time uh, tuning into Snake Oil Radio, uh, again, I am host Jim Ventura. I am a professional astrologer and navigational consultant. I work with a number of different types of oracles, including tarot cards and runestones and animal totems and all kinds of good stuff. I have a home office here in Phoenix where I do sessions one-on-one with uh, clients locally as well as by phone all over the country and some, some parts of the world as well, too. Uh, uh, if you want any information about any of those things, you can go to my website at jimventura.com. Um, also, I am a writer. I've published a couple of different books, and I write a, um, a semi-monthly. Well, we're going to be closer to every other month probably in, in 2020. Column called Snake Oil. Uh, that I've been doing since 2003. Uh, and um, again, information about that, you can find all that good stuff on my website as well. Um, I do send a column out uh, to uh, people on my mailing list, and I want to talk a little bit about that today as well, too, because we had some screw-ups with the Mercury retrograde stuff going on this month around that subject matter, too. But if you're not already getting my column, um, it is free and it is blind copied out, so no one would get your email address from me. Uh, and it only comes out, like I said, maybe at this point about eight times a year. Uh, you can email me at venturasage at yahoo.com. Get all the info. Go, right at, go to jimventura.com, and you can collect up uh, info on any of those things. Okay, so what I wanted to mention before I read today's column is uh, I normally, I've got about 15, 1,600 people approximately on my mailing list, and when I sent my column out uh, about two weeks ago, um, it, it was just a massive screw-up. Um, Yahoo is the server that I use, and they lost about two-thirds of my mailing list. Um, very so appropriately timed with this Mercury retrograde in Scorpio, which I may mention in more detail a little bit later on if we have the time. Uh, very, very frustrating. But thankfully, I did get it back. They, I guess they did finally repair the loss um, of, of those names. So, you know, if you're already on my mailing list and you did not get November's column, uh, my apologies. Um, a lot of people did not. And rather than send it out again, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send December's column out a little earlier, and uh, I will include a link to November's column as well so you can catch up. And you can always go to uh, you know the blog spot uh, to catch any of my columns anyway. But in terms of feeling like uh, you might have missed it, uh, again, it was just an accident. So I'll send out kind of a double link in, in early December, probably more likely late November, so you can kind of catch up that way on, on any of the you know past columns. But again, most of them are on there anyway, if you want to go check it out that way. Okay, so um, all of that said, uh, why don't we kind of dive in. I'm going to read um, this month's column. It's a little bit of a longer column. Um, actually, it is a, a repeat column from 2014, 
which is now five years ago, which is amazing um, that I put this column out. So many of you have probably not read or heard this column. Um, so I'm going to get to that again in just a minute here. I also want to mention to you that within the next couple of months, I am going to probably, uh, not even probably, I'm going to be doing a, um, a lot more YouTube um, links. Um, I've got a couple of um, YouTube videos on there already. You can find me on YouTube. And um, I think I'm going to, uh, getting a, a very good cam, and I think I'm going to start doing, going to alternate column one month and then a YouTube um, kind of mini uh, subject uh, thing. Uh, I'm still not totally ironed it out, but I'm going to do some more kind of YouTube stuff in the near future as well. Uh, I just find, I think that, um, I say this with love, but I don't know whether people read anymore as much. Um, it sounds kind of harsh, but I think, uh, you know, sometimes uh, maybe people don't have the time to read as much. So, a you know, 15, 20-minute um, video every other month uh, about different subjects might be helpful to people also. So, uh, more information about that will be in the newsletter as well, too, as things progress or on Facebook or Instagram, other places you can also find me. Okay, blah, 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 enough sales stuff. Uh, anyway, I still have handed about that. I don't want to get too heavy into sales stuff, you can you can get info on any of this stuff um, on at my website at Dementor.com. Uh, okay. So this month's column was called Taking It All Too Hard. And, uh, again, originally ran back in 2014. In the mid-'80s, the rock group called Genesis came out with an album that had a song called Taking It All Too Hard. It was a great album with a lot of popular hit singles, but this was my favorite track. I really resonated with this song. It seemed to put me at ease every time I found myself battling with intense emotions, hopes, confusion, and seemingly endless fears about my future. All things typical for someone in their late teens to be confused about. I felt intense, angry at times, and had strong opinions about a number of things. At the same time, I was reading a lot of channel books, another metaphysical wisdom, and learning that detachment was a path to enlightenment. I wondered if there was a way to find a balance between the intense feelings that made me feel both incest at times and alive, while remembering the wisdom of detachment. Was it possible for me to maneuver com comfortably in both worlds? The archetypal symbol for temperance Part number 14 is one of the 22 major arcana symbols in a tarot deck. This archetype shows the image of a woman pouring two cups of wine back and forth into each other. She has angel wings and the look of someone who is enlightened as she stands on the edge of a lake. The upright position of temperance represents the process of stabilizing and developing equilibrium. It reminds us that healthy cooperation and adjusting our responses in anything we commit to can lead to internal and external harmony. We understand we have to work at finding balance through trial and error to achieve our goals. It resonates with the wonderful sense we feel when we find ourselves passing our life's tests. The archetype suggests that it is possible for us to find a balance between passion and attachment. In its reverse position, it speaks to us about being radical or extremist in our actions. We fail our tests and suffer because we are too heavy-handed 
and our approach and lack moderation. This can be a reaction to the influences of others refusing to adjust by being disruptive or a situation where we are causing the disharmony. In either case, we may find ourselves in painful conditions where we feel defeated, fearful, and even shipwrecked. Like most people, I've experienced both of the positive and negative of this archetype. There are many different areas of life where people become unbalanced and lack healthy temperance. Some extreme and dark examples are school shootings, people stockpiling guns, quote, because the government is coming to take them, someone committing suicide because of shame around financial failures, a man or woman kills their wife or husband because they're verbally because uh, they were verbally or physically abusive for years or cheated on them. One parent keeps the other parent from seeing their children to punish the other spouse. All these examples clearly illustrate extreme responses and obviously a lack of balance. People do crazy and often irreparable damage when they lack temperance. The majority of us won't ever do anything this extreme. Most of, gets, most of us get caught up in just a little crazy when we lack temperance. Stalking your boyfriend on Facebook and compulsively checking his phone or driving by his workplace to see what he's up to, painfully staying in an unhappy marriage because this is what till death do us part means, stealing from work because we aren't getting paid what we deserve, obsessing over any difficulty we may be experiencing, not being able to eat or sleep because we are in, quote, so much pain. We lack temperance when we get so myopically focused on the difficulties and problems that we contemplate or act with extreme responses to attempt to balance the scales. No matter how difficult any experience may be, there are always good things in other areas of our lives. We lose sight of these positive things and often create new problems when we react impulsively. Relationships in one form or another seem to bring up the issue of a lack of temperance for most people. I see people all the time who are struggling with balance in relationships, whether they be in familial work or with a significant other. This is the area that most people seem to take it all too hard. Yet throwing the engagement ring you pay dearly for into a lake because your girlfriend isn't ready to marry you is a definite example of a lack of temperance. Spreading rumors about a coworker who pissed you off is a definite lack of temperance. Keying your boyfriend's car because he cheated on you is not a wise solution. Hurt, anger, and problems surface from time to time in our experience with other human beings. Yet if we remember the purpose of healthy temperance and wise detachment, we can find a way to navigate through anything with grace. Detachment doesn't mean we pretend not to care and stop feeling our feelings. Detachment is the ability to have an experience without drowning in it, a recognition that while the situation may be really painful, there is a purpose we will someday be able to see. In order to accomplish anything of value in life, whether that be devotion to a cause, relationship, or any project that really matters to us, we have to allow our passion to rise. We have to let ourselves get excited and fired up. Even when doing something we really love, we experience the ups and downs along the way. We can remember trial and error are part of this process. In the book of runes, the gateway rune, Thura says, reminds us to be certain that you are not suffering over your suffering. 
what this means, that the word suffering originally meant to undergo. If we experience difficulties or a sense of powerlessness in a relationship or situation, while we need to feel the feelings that surface, we can also remember that pain is generally not a permanent thing. Physical and emotional pain are smoke signals telling us something is not working. If we're willing to do what is necessary, the pain will go away. A change in viewpoint may be enough to release our suffering. We often need to look at the situation as it really is, as opposed to how it should be. In some cases, we need to abandon the path or relationship if it's too toxic. But there's always a solution. I've had a few times in my life when I was quote, shipwrecked. I did a few mildly crazy things in my younger days. I picked mates that couldn't give love back in a healthy way. I struggled with things not going the way they were supposed to. I have been guilty of the poor gym stories in my head, or even at times tortured my friends with my complaints. I played some of these types of tapes. Why is God putting me through this? I am in so much pain. When will it end? I don't deserve this. I was just trying to do something good. Thankfully, age, wisdom, and detachment have helped me to become more moderate in my approach. At this point in my evolution, victim types of reactions are almost non-existent. I'm always able to see my part in the creation of every event. We are human beings, and we are meant to feel emotions, both the good and the bad ones. Sometimes our struggles are huge and may take some time to solve. If we are suffering in any way, we can step back and remember that we always have a choice. We get to choose how we respond. No matter how out of balance we may feel, doing something destructive will rarely solve any problem. Detachment can be a comfort because it reminds us that this too shall pass. We can recognize that suffering over our suffering is always a choice and a good one. We can learn to use the temperance archetype in the best possible way. To some extent, we're always in the process of adjusting and fine-tuning our abilities to have balance. A child given two glasses, one with milk and the other empty, will delight in pouring them back and forth until they are perfectly even. The child may spill the milk. At some point, he may even knock the glass over entirely. He may feel frustrated by his clumsiness and his lack of dexterity. Yet, with patience, practice, and continued effort, you will develop a perfect rhythm, and you should accomplish this goal and absolutely enjoy the process itself. Okay, so um, I use an example. That, that's that's the end of the call. <laughs> I use an example of uh, milk, I guess, because of I think the proverbial expression, "not to cry over spilled milk," so to speak. Although I don't know how many children are drinking milk nowadays. I guess we could have used some other liquid to use at that point. Uh, okay, so a couple different things here. Um, you know, I, I do love to take some time to go through the meanings of uh, archetypal cards within uh, the tarot. Because I think what's so interesting to me is that so many people that, you know, kind of have this sort of mysterious perception of what tarot cards are and they see stuff in the movies and, oh, my God, this this death card showed up and this card with the swords are in it and that means bad things are going to happen. And, you know, listen, uh, used correctly, tarot cards are just a reflection of your own process. 
so there are two types of cards in, in a tarot deck. You've got your, um, well, three, technically. You've got your major arcana cards, which are the 22 major archetypal symbols. We'll get to that back in a minute. You get your minor arcana cards. You know, think of the minor arcana cards as like the cards that represent the details of life. And then there are your court cards. These would be our people cards that represent different human beings, ourselves and the people that are quote-unquote members of our court, the people in our life, people at our work, at our job, our friends, our relationships. So the archetypal cards are or the major trump of the cards, um, the 22 that we mentioned. These are really significant in terms of study. Because they are actually processes that every human being goes through, beginning with card zero, which is the fool card, um, which is actually a positive thing, even though it sounds foolish. <laughs> it's not a negative. Um, uh, it represents enthusiasm and excitement toward any endeavor we get you know, excited about and want to try on. You know, the joy of adrenaline when possibility comes into play. And it ranges up through number 20, uh, 21, which is the world card or the universe card, which is card representing adulthood and maturity and wisdom and, and, and you know, and, and feeling that, that sense of having learned and passed many, many of our tests growing up. So this card, the temperance card, is, is obviously somewhere in the middle of all of this because it hovers around card number 14. And, you know, there's very clear significance to this. Uh, both in numerology and other areas as well that I could go into, but we'll stay on one track for the moment. So this particular archetype, again, is really literally something that we all go through in our lifetimes. You know, temperance, you know, I, I, always, uh, I remember growing up in the, in the 70s and early 80s, there was a commercial um, uh, for some type of deodorant. And, and to, I can't tell you what the deodorant was, but I absolutely remember one of the lines from the commercial, which was brilliant advertisement, which is the line was, never let them see you sweat. And the you know, one attribute of the temperance card is being temperate means like, you know, not being a lunatic. You know, uh, has strong fire elements in their astrology chart. You kind of know what I'm talking about here. I'm not catching yourself about going overboard. You know, the gift of fire is intensity and enthusiasm and excitement and charisma and all the things that uh, come through with fire. You know, the negative is, is, is taking things too far, being impatient, being a lunatic, you know, get, getting thrown out of balance, uh, getting mad, getting even. Uh, you know, those things can, can certainly come into play for fire people to consider, all sides, by the way, uh, but certainly notably with fire. So I always like that, that sort of never let them see you sweat. I mean, there is a wisdom in not getting thrown overboard and doing crazy stuff that you regret. You know, strangely enough, you know, in a, in a different tack here, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually about to turn 55 in another week and a half. And, you know, I can tell you that I remember drinking alcohol a bit in my younger days, you know, maybe 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 uh, but actually, I never was really a heavy drinker for a lot of different reasons. Um, just largely, it, when I was really young, I can get away with murder. Everybody remembers the, the beauty of being 21, potentially when you have malleability, so you can drink and party like a rock star and like bounce back and go to work the next day. Um, you know, it, we all, that's the reality of 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. Body isn't as um, 
that way, so you kind of learn that way too. Um, but what I can tell you is I really almost don't drink at all anymore, and for a number of different reasons. One, uh, you know, alcohol masks fear. Um, so people who drink a lot, no matter what they say, they just like to taste and they party. And no, this when you drink too heavily, you're drinking to some extent to drown out fear, being afraid. Uh, listen, alcohol is beautiful when used eloquently and temperately in that sense. A wonderful thing used reasonably. But anyone who's drinking too heavily, again, guys, you're fearful. So, again, one of the things, the reason I also don't drink a lot is that really, honestly, I'm not very fearful. Kind of not my thing. I mean, I was full of fear when I was younger. Um, this day and age, not really much that I'm fearful about. Honestly, I feel like I can handle anything. I feel like I have spirit guides and, that protect me and insights and and I could pick things up, so I've got to, you know, dodge a lot of quote-unquote bullets, so to speak. Um, don't have that type of fear. You know, also just physically, alcohol doesn't resonate well with my body in, in that sense. Um, Sagittarius uh, rules the hips and the liver and kidneys and those organs, and I can push my, my envelope with, with such things. So a lot of different reasons I don't do it. But the, the main point in all this is one of the reasons why I think I never was a heavy drinker is because because it, 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 it diminishes um, their natural inhibitions. You know, it would be that sort of thing about getting kind of really drunk and then learning the next day what you did. So I'm just, there's always too much of a control freak to want to be that out of control. So I guess I sort of associated that mind, my mind with the idea of never let them see the sweat. Because, again, I don't want to have that, you know, going into work, quote, unquote, the next day being like, oh, my God, dude. You know, you kissed and you blah, blah, oh, you did this. Oh, God almighty, what did I do? You know what I mean? So talk about lack of temperance. <laughs> but anyway, so that being said, the whole concept of temperance and and, and that, that, that symbolism is, listen, the truth of life is we do learn things through trial and error. You can, you know, anyone who's a parent knows this. You can give your kids advice and information and, and, and they're still going to do stupid stuff in their teens and throughout their 20s. Um, you know, most parents have had to cringe over your daughter bringing home a whole horror show of boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know what I mean? Oh, you know what I mean? And just, you know, listen, you're developing temperance. So through trial and error, you're learning in that sense. I mean, you know, I think of some of the stuff I did in my late teens and early 20s. You know, I use an example in this, like, I remember being in the restaurant business, and, and if I didn't make enough money or felt like I was busy being mistreated, yeah, I'd take canisters of ketchup home or, you know, or sugar or, you know, even a few times I'd push the envelope a little beyond that about what I deserved. I would never do something like that at, at my age. In fact, I've never I've done anything like that probably since I'm 25 or 26. Like, that ship has sailed. I don't, I don't steal I don't, you know, I would never do such a thing. It always kind of floors me because about maybe once or twice a year, I get a client who uses my services and never pays me for the session. They do disappearing act. You know what I mean? I don't, people always like, oh, you need to take people's charge cards. You need to do this. You go, no, you know what? Once or twice a year, someone kind of scams me or does something like that. I'm not going to become so lacking in temperance that I make everybody else pay for that. You know what? But it just blows my mind to you know, to do something like that in that sense. But people sometimes are, we'll get to that in a minute, 
the reverse side of temperance in that sense, and, and they're shipwrecked and dealing with difficulty, and they rationalize behavior. But that said, um, you know, listen, we, we, we're always in that process of kind of trial and error. That's the imagery of the, the angel pouring the two cups of wine back and forth. Um, this card often represents the card of the teacher. Um, often it can represent a Sagittarian influence for people as well, too, which often are drawn to teaching. Um, but it, it's, it, again, think about that. We get better at stuff ultimately through trial and error. Um, you know, we, we, we get good at stuff. You know, anyone who is strong Virgo in the chart knows this. You know, the more you work at something um, and you self-criticize, you recognize what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, you know, you can become quite talented at things in that sense because of that nitpicking. So this really does kind of apply to almost any area. And I think one of the things that I always remind people of about understanding the concept of temperance is, you know, you're, we're always in that way kind of doing that dance of, of learning as we go. For instance, like when you're in a relationship, you know, one of the things that a lot of my clients will complain about and many of my friends complain about is when they start dating someone about getting pissed off if they, you know, I have a, one very good friend of mine, and she's a chronic dater. Uh, I give her a lot of credit for her enthusiasm. I've always tried to find a new mate. Uh, I've got Venus and Scorpio. In the air, I'm taking breaks for long periods of time. <laughs> I don't want to do that all the time. She loves that. Um, one of her complaints is when she dates someone is about communication. You know, she'll... I haven't heard from him in two days, and you know what I mean, or blah, blah, blah. You know, he calls me too much. He, you know what I mean? He says weird stuff on the phone. I still like him. And she talks a lot about it. And to me, that is an example of temperance in a way, too. Like, you, part of friendships and intimate relationships and coworker relationships and familiar relationships is, you know, temperance. You, you, it's a trial and error. You, you learn how to navigate with other human beings and in situations. So the key of it is you either can get upset about the process or, again, through trial and error, you can learn how to communicate effectively with different people and understand the way they are and the way they think. Um, and uh, you either can get worried about that or anxious about it, or you can enjoy the process itself of getting to know someone. You know, I've especially, you know, friends in my younger days and and, and, and clients too. You're dating someone for a month or two and then you're living together and then you're getting married a month later, you know. I guess sometimes that could work out, you know, more often than not. Probably not, boys and girls. You know what I mean? You didn't really take the time to kind of find a bit out about another human being to see whether you're in harmony with them. It's like that with with almost anything. Um, So the thing I'm, I'm kind of pointing out here that I think is so significant to remember is we should focus more on enjoying the process, you know, the ups and downs of it accordingly uh, in that respect. That's what temperance is about. Like I said, you know, a child ever so eloquently um, will do that thing I talked about in the column about pouring a glass of milk or soda or back and forth and trying to even it and balance it out. And, and listen, we're all doing that. At, at, at different points in our life, and that's the whole idea of, of, of what temperance about in a good way. The other part of the courses, again, is developing equilibrium, you know, stability. Again, my humorous quarterback, never letting see you, never let them see you sweat. Listen, there is a certain power in, in dignity, 
in not doing crazy stuff that you have to look at later on and quote-unquote pay for. So now let's talk a little bit about the reverse side of temperance. I alluded to that already, but um, I used some examples in the column of extreme examples. Um, listen, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a gun guy. It's not really my thing. I didn't grow up around it. I, you know, but I, I get, listen, if you live in a cabin somewhere in the woods and there are bears and you don't have the police accessible, you know, you might want to have a gun. And, and I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not going to get into the rights or wrongs of that. But I still hear people, I see friend, friends on Facebook posting these things about, you know, if Obama's going to take your guns, we got to have the guns because when the government comes to take your guns, listen, can, let me just say this as humorously as I can, just can we stop the nonsense for a minute? You know, it's not 1872. There's a certain kind of ludicrousness to this whole idea that you're going to save the day with your stockpile of guns. Uh, one example of the cuckoo land. You know, the other thing is, and I, I probably used this example before. You know, I, I, in fact, I know I have. I, if you've heard radio shows I've done before, columns. You know, I always think about, you know, when, I, when I've done karaoke and and there's always someone that sings this country western song about, you know, some some woman singing, I think it's Carrie Underwood, about, you know, her boyfriend cheated on her and she keys his car and she throws his stuff out the window and, you know, again, listen, people do terrible things sometimes and, and, and that can end a relationship and we can be hurt by those things. But, again, you know, doing some destructive thing like keying or destroying someone's car or smashing the windows in or throwing a person, burning someone's clothes on the lawn, talk about lack of temperance <laughs> and also potential uh, legality issues coming up as well. Um, you know, what did a poor car do that you would destroy it that way? Listen, I get it. We're human beings. We get angry. We get hurt. But if somebody cheats on you and abuses you, you know, have the temperance to just say goodbye. You know? I mean, God, again, never let them see you sweat. What are you doing? Move along. We're done here. I mean, in that sense. Or or maybe you work it out. And that's what amazes me. I, I see people sometimes do these crazy, kooky things in relationship, and then they work it out, and you burn, you, you burn $900 of your boyfriend's clothes. Well, now you've got to pay for those, or he's got to pay for those, and so much for going on a trip next month that you were going to go on because now you've got to replace clothes. So this is, again, I mean, I'm saying some of this humorously, but this is the cuckoo land stuff that we do. Listen, when I was 24, 25, I wrote about this in my first book, Dirty Little Secrets. Um, I was in a horribly abusive cuckoo relationship with a criminal. Um, yeah, it was, ugh. I mean, I wrote about that in detail, and I look back on that. I mean, it was so lacking in temperance. You know, the interesting thing was, this is just total cuckoo land stuff. Again, you can read about that if you ever, if you want to, to a book. I don't want to get into detail of what went down the pike with that Google relationship. But what was amazing to me was every time I would read my cards, which at the time I probably did every three or four months. Now, honestly, a true reading for me, like maybe every eight months or so do I read my cards. When it comes to oracles myself, I'm more inclined to pull angel cards or rune stones or animal totems. I love the tarot, but it's so detail-oriented that it makes me, like, very painstaking in watching the process. And so I do it a little less often. But back then, I did it more often. And, and in fact, even back then, I was probably doing it once a month because I was going nuts. 
every time I did a reading, I had temperance reversed in my cards. I mean, I was living with a, a, a lunatic, a criminal, a disaster. It did not go well. But that lack of temperance was obvious, but so was my lack of temperance, and that I put up with it, that I tolerated it, that I kept doing this con game internally, that it was going to get better. Uh, you know, I just had to trust that. And, you know, listen, people are what they are. I would never be drawn to something like that. Talk about just complete lack of temperance, you know, at, at every level. So, like I said on here, most of us, you know, our lack of temperance is smaller in that way. Um, I remember years ago having a client who was uh, had just become a grandmother, and she had a very bad relationship with her daughter, and her daughter was holding back grandma's ability to visit her grandchild. Now, listen, that's pretty crappy on its own. Uh, although, again, the, the client that I had, she was a little nutty, but I still think her daughter was kind of retaliating in a way of, holding the grandchild back from her. But her thing, her response was to take her granddaughter's court, to sue her for grandparent rights. It was this whole big, expensive thing. Listen, let me put this ever so lovingly. Both of them were clearly lacking in temperance, okay? One, this whole, I'm going to hold back here, my child, from you. If the grandmother was dangerous, which she was not, um, I can understand that. But... Um, and then going to court, I mean, what a boon for lawyers to make a fortune from this whole situation in the first place. But, again, great example of a, a lack of temperance. The same dynamic with you know, many clients that go through that, too, where you're, you know, your boyfriend, their boyfriend cheated on them, and now he has to show you his phone every day, and you're able to get into his phone, and you're checking phone records. And, you know, listen, I get it, but... Do you ever, you ever notice that, like, this is always the thing with me. Whenever I've done cuckoo stuff like that, I always have this sort of weird awakening while it's happening. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, just that weird sense of, like, what cuckoo land world am I in at this point that I'm doing something like this, that I'm, you know, stalking and hiding and, and pulling, uh, putting, pulling phone bills out of the garbage pail, or, oh, my God, so grateful to have left all of that stuff behind. Um so yeah, we're we're human beings. We we can we can show that lack of temperance in a lot of a lot of different ways, um, and uh, it's it's not good. Uh, you know, um, again, never let them see you sweat. There's a certain point where we're just tilting. I don't know how bad behavior is going to make things right. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just have to accept that something you know it is it, not working. At, at one level or another, and, and know when to effectively move on. And there's nothing wrong with that. that. That's a certain wisdom there, in that sense, knowing how to do that. So that's what I was talking about in this piece, in essence. Um, you know, uh, the, I use that great Genesis song, Taking It All Too Hard. Um, I tried to put a clip of that, by the way, in my column link, but it does this weird thing when I use a YouTube clip where it, it takes my entire column and for some reason makes it every single sentence I've written underlined and I can't get rid of it. But I couldn't put the link, and I hate when that happens, when I can't get that fixed, where it's like everything is underlined. It's just obnoxious. And, uh, I couldn't put the clip in there. You can easily look up that song. It's a beautiful song. And um, it, it reminded me of that you know, at the time. And that's one thing that the way my brain works, I, I make those associations. So one thing I can tell you, um, 
what's nice about getting older and if you're developing spiritually and mentally and emotionally is it, it does get easier. You know, I had, um, I had gone through um, uh, a difficult thing even just about a month ago. Um, I had, uh, I had passed a, uh, a kidney stone and it surfaced while I was in Las Vegas. I had literally four hours in the morning on the, 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 the third day of my trip where I was actually contemplating like driving back to Phoenix or trying to find an acupuncture doctor um, in, uh, in, in Vegas. I was in a fair amount of pain. About 15, 16 years ago, I had, I had kidney stones. Um, that was brutal. Thankfully, an acupuncturist moved that through. So this was more like a stone. So it was uncomfortable and I couldn't eat it. I was feverish. I kind of knew what it was, but I was debating what to do. And I got kind of quiet during the process. And all I'm doing is like I'm all feverish, so I'm like taking showers. I'm, I know trigger points on the body to kind of move through on the kidneys. I'm trying to figure out what is going on emotionally and psychologically. And, but I got to tell you, two things happened. One, um, I kind of had that feeling that this would pass. Like, I would be okay. Like, I didn't have to worry. Even though it hurt like hell, boys and girls, you know what I mean? It was not comfy. Um, I just kind of had that feeling that it would pass. And so what happened is I took a hot bath, um, and then I got out of the bathtub. Again, this it was going on about three hours of, of a fair amount of pain here. And um, I, I took a nap, and I fell asleep. And I woke up after about 45 minutes feeling like a, Clicked. I literally felt the stone break. Woke up, um, got up, felt about 60% better, went downstairs, gambled a little, and I, I remember I'm sitting in the casino, and I'm like, the waitress comes by, and it's in the middle of the afternoon, ordering a hot tea with lemon and honey, like an 800-year-old person that I am. I was ordering drinks, and so Jim's ordering a hot tea with lemon and honey. But I wanted something mild. You know, and I, I gambled kind of low stakes and quietly. And after an hour and a half of doing that, like, it was gone. I felt good. Hungry again, starving, and it just had passed its way through. So I always sort of remember that, not suffering over your suffering. Listen, many people would have run to an emergency room and and gone through that process, and I get that. But for me, I've been doing alternative health and looking at those links for a long time. And... Uh, without getting too much detail, because I'll probably do this in a column, in a future column, within um, a couple of weeks, I figured out what was going on psychologically and emotionally that had the kidney stones occurring. And it was amazing, because once the light bulb came on and I understood what that was about, um, and and that happened both intellectually and, and spiritually, but also because I, I got treated a few times for acupuncture, and I started taking the right herbs that would help regenerate your kidneys. Um, I totally figured out what this issue was, both physically and and spiritually, and I'm like 90% better. I don't even know if I'm going to have any stones anymore in that sense. So I guess it's one of the things I, I'm, I'm very proud of in a way is I, I that whole concept of suffering over your suffering. I'm less inclined to do that. I always feel like if something is difficult, it's because there's, some ener- there's something blocked inside of you whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, and usually all three. Um, It's there for a reason. The pain is purposeful. It's trying to tell you you need to change something, whether that being your diet, in the way you look at life, the way you see things, the the energy you're putting out into the world, 
and again, they're often um, entwined. So uh, we can work our way through it. And, and that's what I think of in the positive sense of this uh, temperance archetype, that through trial and error, I have learned how to more effectively heal my body without having to use Western medicine. Um, uh, and, I, and listen, I still have insurance, and if I'm in a real dire spot, I will use it, but I, I'm grateful that I don't have to use that, and I found other ways to heal it, because one, Western medicine is expensive, and two, there's often a price tag for it in other ways. So this is what we're talking about with, with the temperance energy. Okay, we've only got a few more minutes, so I kind of want to finish off with another kind of little thing that's going on currently right now for you guys um, a couple of weeks ago, Mercury went retrograde in uh, Scorpio. So, Mercury retrograde, I've mentioned this in previous uh, shows and in previous columns, obviously in a lot of detail. If you follow me on Facebook, either through my you know friend list or through uh, my fan page, um, you've probably seen quotes about a lot of this stuff too. In Mercury retrograde, Mercury rules communication, expression, how we think, how we analyze, how our mind works. Uh, it can rule you know computers and communication at every level. So this retrograde of Mercury in Scorpio has been about how you use personal power. You know, are you using it in a positive way or using the negative element of Scorpio by getting angry and frustrated and wanting to retaliate or using the more positive, more loving energy of manipulating people in a good sense, influencing them in a positive way. So everyone's going to have this going on somewhere in your chart. So as I mentioned, I think, at the beginning of the show, in, in classic format, um, sending out my column two weeks ago, and then it, you know, it, the, my the Yahoo losing, you know, two thirds of the people I've collected since 2003. Like that is a death meal for me. Um, I mail out my column, you know, and that is a big spur for business. People reminded I'm available, and you know, and there's a lot of things that go through it. So losing that was like kind of mildly terrifying. But, you know, I found a way to fix it by going back and looking at a mailer I did in September and finding all the names. So that was going to take a good nine hours of work. But started doing that, and then a couple of days later, Yahoo fixed it. So um, I didn't even write them. I, I guess probably enough people complained, and it happened to other people that they actually fixed it. So, again, kind of classic Mercury retrograde stuff of losing your mailing list, so to speak. But just a reminder to everyone, listen, this one's in Scorpio. So... That's what it's about. You know, wherever Scorpio is in your natal chart is where you're going to see a big part of this um, energy take place, obviously. Uh, but it's a universal thumb law. Scorpio is about how you influence, how you affect other people. Do we do it at the highest level where it benefits us and the people around us um, in a positive way? Or do we get caught in the lower energy and, and, and jealousy and possessiveness and control and those yuckier type of emotions and, and, and look at, at, you know, whether we're acting from that place. Again, nice tie-in to this whole thing about temperance. So we'll finish off there and just say, I, I have to look to see when this, this retrograde ends. I think it's probably around Thanksgiving that it ends. I, I wish I had that exact information. I should, but I'll look it up later. Um, it's usually about three weeks, so I think it's been retrograde for almost two now, so probably another week or so, maybe a week, week and a half. Go direct again, but yeah, about looking at how we, um, you know, use purposeful power, and uh, that's what taking it all too hard was about, and why I wanted to run it again. Um, getting the idea that a lighter, more temperate approach 
is wisdom. But also reminding you, listen, we take us a while until we get to temperance. You're not going to get it overnight, bit by bit. And even when you get there, you can occasionally have cuckoo moments. We all do. But I can tell you with wisdom and age, my cuckoo moments are rare. And that's awesome to be able to share that. All right, guys. We're finishing up here. If you're not already getting my monthly, almost monthly column, email me at mentorstag at yahoo.com, and I can add you to the mailing list. Um, mention your birthday because I do a birthday promotion for people on their astrological signs once a year. And you can also follow me on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, and just send a friend request or through the uh, fan page as well, too, um, and, and follow me that way. Okay? Information about services, jimventure.com. Uh, I will be back again for my Christmas column in a couple of weeks, and uh, I've got a great um, promotion running uh, right now for for appointments for in-office as well as phone appointments. You can check that information out on my website as well, too. So, all right, happy November, everybody, and we'll be back again in a few weeks, and enjoy this uh, beautiful, well, if you're in Phoenix, it's beautiful weather. Enjoy the beautiful day. Cheers, guys.